DJ Blake back with another one. Jay Blake and this next artist I've been lucky enough to get to know well over the past few weeks. His drive, compassion, and perspective on life is very contagious. From completing Malcolm Moore's residency program to performing at Bumpershoot and Capitol Hill Block Party in the same summer, it is easy to tell that his future is bright. I would like to welcome my friend, Nestra. Welcome back, everyone. This is DJ Blake, keeping you up to date with all the hottest hip-hop news and sneaker talk. And today I'm here with the one and only Nestra and his manager, Layton. So it's a, it's a pleasure to have you guys here at the Thank station. Thank you. Pleasure for having us. Thanks. It's Thanks crazy because I've known you guys for maybe two weeks now before we've even yeah. done this um, this this interview. So you, want, you guys want to tell the audience how we actually met each other? Um, yeah, so it was uh, at a show that we did, um, a collaboration with Who's Crowded. Um, that's a app location that you can get on um, Apple Store and on the, the Google Store. And uh, we're actually here with the CEO and, uh, CEO and uh, founder, Bilal Saddam. And he, he put us on with the show um, with a couple of the artists, and um, DJ Fresh Pharaoh was there at the Union. It's this um, really cool art gallery space in downtown Seattle. And uh, yeah, we showed up and pretty much had fun, made a lot of connections. Right. Blake was there and a couple other artists too. Yeah, it's that's that's what our events are all about is connecting with other artists, you know, like after this, we're going to go out to brunch, stuff like that. It's just mm-hmm. making true connections with these different artists. And yeah. I've been able to connect with you for two weeks now and I feel like we've got to know each other better, you know, and now we're here just able to actually just sit down officially and have this interview. Yes. So I want to start out with what is the meaning behind your name, Nestra? Because there are those like dots and stuff above the E's. Like, mm-hmm. So I don't even know what any of that means. Because your real name is Elias, right? Yeah. My, so my full name is Elias Abdul-Kadir. Hey. Um, I'm not saying that twice. <laughs> um, the omelets represent uh, my initials, Elias Abdul-Kadir. Okay. Um, but uh, the name actually comes from uh, Greek mythology. She was a Greek queen, oh. Clemnestra. Okay. Um, so I just took uh, half of that name, and I thought that was drippy. Uh, out of the omelets to... to Symbolize my initials. Wow! But not not many people know that, so I try to tell people. Well, it's kind of tricky though, like searching it up and stuff. But right. I think it's dope. Right. So yeah. tell us about your like nationality and ethnicity. That's interesting. Okay. Uh, well, my mom is uh, Somali. My dad is Ethiopian. So best of both worlds. Uh, a lot of people think I'm 
Kenyan or Eritrean, but it's <laughs> a, it's, that's a whole other melting pot in itself. Right. My mom moved to Minnesota for like more opportunities, and my dad as well. And then uh, half my life in Minnesota until I was 13, um, I moved to Seattle to go visit my sister and ended up just staying there because I liked the art, the culture. Right. It actually pushed me to be a musician and an artist. Um, and the people here were just way more bright. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Rather than in Minnesota, it was kind of a little, there's some dull and gray areas uh, around that area mm-hmm. for art. Yeah. Right. So Seattle is where it's at. So did you just appreciate music when you were living in Minnesota and then officially when you came here, you're like, I can become an artist? Or how did that become? So it was kind of like a little build-up. I mean, I started in Minnesota with music. Like, I started doing a uh, drum line. Okay. And I got, really, I got really good. I, like, just tried out, like, the first week, I got moved up to section leader. Okay. Because my, <laughs> my rhythm was crazy. People section were like, leader. what? Who's this guy? And uh, it, was, it was definitely drum line. It was choir. Just a whole lot of, you know, music when you're younger. You know how, like, schools have to uh, do those classes and stuff. And then I ended up really liking it on the low. But uh, it was just hard to kind of... It was easier for me to tell my mom about it when I was younger, but when it, when I, the fact that I still wanted to do it growing up, it was harder to kind of t- like showcase that to my mom. Right. But um, you know, recently she came to uh, the Paramount Theater fundraiser for the residency. Okay, that's awesome. And uh, raised a lot of money. It was a sold out event. Right. And uh, my mom came out and she was so happy. So it was it was just like this like big build up yes. to show her to, to just showing her like how much how much passion and like blood, sweat, and tears I put into music itself. Right. And art. And uh, showing her that actually it can connect people. Right. So, can you explain to the audience if they don't know what the residency is and how you actually became a part of the residency? Yeah. So, what the residency is is a youth development hip hop program, um, and it's not just hip hop, but that's uh, so what it's labeled with like any other genre. As long as you make art, or if you're a photographer, even you don't have to make music. Like it's just an open community. Um, that I joined uh, 2017, and uh, I didn't really have much connections doing music around that time, like 2017 before summer. It's a summer program. Right. So uh, once I seen uh, this ad, that the ad for it on Facebook, I was like, shoot, if I don't get into this, I don't know, like, how am I, how I'm gonna get these connections? And I got in, and ever since then, I'm still connected with them, and it's 2019 now. So right, it's just a a good music community to go to go back to, a good music family. Exactly, and Their doesn't Malcolmore is like the face of that, correct? Or yeah, how does that work? Macklemore and Ryan Lewis, Art Corps, Mopop Museum. Gotcha. Um, mm-hmm. But it was initially Macklemore's uh, and, and Ryan Lewis and Ben Secord. Jonathan uh, Cunningham. Yeah. People like that um, uh, wanted to start something like this. Right. So, shouts out to them. That's a big deal. That is, that's crazy. That yeah. Do you get to see people from all over Seattle come in there? Or is it just how far oh, yeah. away have you seen people come yeah. to go to this residency? I mean, like... Burien, Auburn, like Everett. Marysville. Marysville. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, wow. It's, it's, it's a greater Seattle outreach. And the application is open to anyone under 21, too. Okay. Yeah. That, that lives in the state of Washington. Yeah, the focus is the youth. So. Yeah, that's, that's where it starts, cool. in the youth, you know. Yeah. So what inspirations as a young child convinced you that you wanted to have, to be an artist? You know, you said you were in drumline, but from drumline to making, like, songs, like, mm-hmm. lyric-wise, how do you make that jump? Uh, well, as a kid, like, people like Chris Brown, or, like, even movie cinema, like, the movie Drumline inspired me. <laughs> Nick, Nick Cannon. Shouts out to Nick. Uh, <laughs> and, like, Legendary. all the hard work they put into that movie and hard work in general, they have to put into Drumline itself. It's like, I like that. I, li- I just like that a lot. Um, but, yeah, it, uh, it, it inspired me more as, um, as a child rather than, like, now, because when you're a child, you, like, you know, you kind of do things times 100. Right. So, yeah. yeah, so choreography, drumline, 
singing, whether it was art, something expressing myself, I just liked it. So what influences have you gained from Seattle? You say you love the culture here, the people here. What mm-hmm. makes it so different from a place like Minnesota? Um, well, it's crazy because like, I've done so much in Seattle rather than uh, doing stuff in Minnesota <laughs> because like, I remember when I fir- the first year moved, like me moving into Seattle, uh, or to Seattle, I was listening to Thrift Shop by Macklemore, and like now, like it, it now this dude just followed out, right? me. Hey. Now this dude just followed me, and like I'm connected with them and the program, the residency. So it's like it shows you, like if you stay committed, like you actually don't know where, where you could be in a few years if you just are passionate, and that's where it starts. Right. So I say like Macklemore, uh, brothers from another people like that, like that were just doing it in Seattle and they were passionate. I was like, I could do that too. Shout out to the Blue Scholars too. Yeah, the Blue Scholars are dope. Uh, who else? Paris Alexa, Soul, uh, Dave B, people like that. Gotcha. So yeah. you've made these connections. How did you end up meeting Leighton, your manager? In high school. So, high school. Yeah, right. high school. We were we were uh, we were pretty cool, but not as cool as we were now. Right. So that that's actually pretty dope too. How we build a relationship through music and passion, and just our friendship too. Um, and we, we would just chop it up in the hallways of Nathan Hale High School, and yeah. I would, uh, we would always plot on these uh, music dreams. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I definitely remember seeing Elias. Um, like <laughs> he did the, the talent show hey. and um, do you remember what you performed uh, it, was, it was one of your songs right yeah it was a sample with uh, Al Green Al Green yeah, oh, yeah. Was, yeah. Okay, that's it's like some old school old school rap I used to rap more now I sing I sing and rap right. but mostly sing now but um, yeah the, the talent show I want um, most original award and ever since then I was like yeah I have something here like what? That's I won an award. <laughs> this is this is cool. I'm actually good at something, and then I just kept going with it. Right. Yeah. So you, you see a lot of artists in Seattle, but none of them, like coming up, like independent artists, have a manager right now. What made you decide that you guys were gonna have this type of relationship? Right. I see. Like now that I have Lane, I'm more comfortable in settings like this. Okay. Because I have me representing myself and Lane representing me too. Right. So it's uh it makes the work easier, and and we represent ourselves smarter. I'll say if that makes sense. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And I mean, the, the big thing about my role is that it's giving Nestor the freedom to to just focus on his artistry and focus on like building his himself too, right. while while I promote the brand and do that the outreach and work with communications because there's only so much that an artist can do by himself. And that's like you see a lot of times artists they've been doing it for so long, but they haven't really got much traction. Um, but that I feel like is a lot because. They don't have enough energy and time to really like keep their social media up to date and to like promote their own music. Right. And yeah, it it really helps to have a team. Yeah, too, definitely. But, oh. Like a, a lot of times, it comes kind of unnaturally, or like artists will get some traction and then sign to some random type, label like, or like publishing yeah. agency or like managing agency. But um, yeah, we met like supernaturally, and I always saw the talent in Nestra. Right. And um, yeah, I would. Like a little bit about myself, I uh, went to Nathan Hale and also Northwest. And after that, I went out to Arizona with one of my best friends who was a producer. Actually, his name's Jay Streets. And we'd known each other since middle school. And he got into like early garage band and like FL Studio. FL Studio. Like Logic now, Ableton. And I was always really into um, just kind of like the vibe of making music. Like, I'd been into music since a young age too like michael jackson right. was one of my earliest inspirations but um then after a year i decided to move back in and that's actually when ellie set me up because it was right after he had done the residency program okay so this is late 2017 mm-hmm. and um he was like yo like 
like, I've been doing this music thing and I want to take it to the next level, but I need some help. Right. And I was like, oh, like, like a manager? He's like, yeah, exactly. And I was like, yo, I got you. Like, I got you for sure. What did you see in him that made you decide this is the path I want to take? A lot of it was his willingness to, to just go out and like figure out that there's programs and outlets for to help him in music, like the residency. Um, and just retro, the fact, there's retro. Yeah, like going to open mics too. Right. Yeah, just like, like getting themselves out there. I, I really saw that Elise was serious about it. And I, I took that very highly. Right. And then became super serious about it too. So what did yeah. you see in him, Elias? I've seen, I've already seen it since high school. But I just did, I just was keeping it in my head kind of thing. Because mm-hmm. I already knew, by the way he was speaking, he's just a smart, well-spoken person. Uh, and very, like, loyal and uh, transparent. The way we communicated was, like, not normal in a good way. Right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, it was just, like, we knew what we wanted. We plotted. Like, we didn't even need to say much. We just know up here. Right. So I was like, yeah, I need someone like that. Like, on I need a right wavelength. Hand. Yeah. yeah. You guys Definitely. are two passionate people, and you just connected on the same vision. Yeah. And that's, much. So what do you do for you guys to promote your music? You did the residency, but mm-hmm. now that you're 21 now, right? Mm-hmm. So you can't do the residency anymore. So what do you do now to learn more about yourself and promote? A lot of, um, of like promotion that, that I found is super helpful is just like in-person things and like getting other people to, to like listen to your music and share the music. And like for like pretty much ever since we started like doing this music thing, we would always be adamant about going into other people's shows and, and pulling up to other people's like little events right. and just like being there, mm. you know? And then like once something would come out, just hit up everyone that we know and let them know that it's out and like, yo, could you give it a listen and like help us get it out there? Yeah. <clears throat> a big first step, uh, yeah, is uh, supporting your fellow friends slash artists. Right. Yeah. Uh, to get people to, to mess with you too. Cause then it's just a whole, it's a whole network based thing, and it's just like genuine too. Right. So that's another big thing too. Um, as far as promotion, I mean, social media, of course, and that's what the good thing about Lane. Sometimes, like, I'll be lacking on that, and Lane will remind me, "Oh wait, you need to post something. You need to keep the people, right. you know, focus on you again." Mm-hmm. You know. So right. another really important thing for anyone that like is listening is the quality of your content. You know, it's not about how much you post. It's about like. If if your posts look really crisp, really clean, they're well done, um, good edits. You know, like you have a thoughtful caption in there. Right. That that really helps because I mean, if you just compare like just um, between like a post that does and doesn't, there'll be a lot more um, comments, a lot more people actually engaged. In right. It. Yeah, I just released a project too, texture, and uh, didn't we promote that with like newsletters? What else? Yeah, and and we also got um, like a few interviews too. Like right, Como and like Dan's tunes. Wow, um, Seattle Refined. They right. did mm-hmm. an interview for Bumbershoot and for that the album release, yes. which is something that like I had planned before Bumbershoot. Right, to yeah. get it ready for like once we actually released on the day of. Right, that was dope. Beginning getting interviewed yeah. with uh, Cairo Seven. That's sick. That was some next level. That was really cool, and I really appreciated that. It showed it showed that like my work's actually, like it's actually like coming. Together. Yeah, together. Thank you. Right. It was crazy. So when it comes to making music, do you edit or produce your own music, or how does that come about? How do you find producers if you're not the one producing your music? Right. Um, well, I have, like, a, a producer now um, that I work with mostly named uh, Dimitri okay. Oriz, uh, also known as Maligan. And we've been working for a year, uh, a year and a half, two years. And we met literally, like, person to person, literally. Yeah, not not on DMs. Yeah. yeah it wasn't cool. on social media. It was right after the show. He's like, oh, let me produce for you. 
I was like, oh, okay, okay, bet. You really, right. you seem passionate, all right? Went to his uh, his home studio and he was about it. So ever since then, I, I was about it in the first place. So we just started making some great music. And um, as far as the creative process, uh, it's a lot of me sonically knowing what should be there in a certain in, in a certain time, right. you know? Uh, I'm, I'll say like for me, my creative process is a lot about composition and kind of, uh, kind of understanding what each sound, how each sound should sound together. Right. Um, as far as production stuff, I never had the resources to do that. That's but fair. if right. I did, I definitely would be, you know, would be good at it. It's just that right. I'm waiting until that time, you know? How important is it to you to lock down with just one producer? Because you see all these people just put, make just random producers they meet or they have a little bit of connection with, but every song is produced by a different person. How important mm-hmm. is it to you? Yeah. Very important, you know, just to stay loyal uh, yeah. to your, you know, to the f- the first people that were there. And, um, and also that, that producer, after working with an artist for so many times, will really start to understand the artist's See the sound. vision. Yeah, and, mm-hmm. and like, we'll have already done a different bunch of, like, things to their voice and, like, tried different beat patterns with them and then figured out what works best. Yeah. Like, I've worked with, um, like, Sango, and uh, and that was when I was, like, working a lot with uh, Dimitri Ma- slash Maligan, and um, that was a big uh, a big thing for my career. I had uh, 30K... I have 30,000 views on uh, the song I made with them called 1111. Oh, also produced by Esta as well. And that's a, a label, too, that they're in called Selection. Right. So I was like, that's cool. I actually want, like was one of my favorite labels, Selection, because they have a, a cool sound that I like personally. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, Dimitri understood, and uh, we still kept making music, and we're, we're still homies. Right. You know, so. So how many albums are you in? Just the, this texture one, or do you have? Um, I have, uh, so I have EPs. EPs. Yeah, so like the first... So the first EP was called Quality, and uh, and then Texture. Uh, so then I released singles between that, and then Texture came out after uh, around uh, August thirtieth, on all platforms. Right. And um, right now I'm just kind of taking a musical hiatus, kind of figuring out what meeting new people. Stuff yeah, like meeting that. people, meeting you, yes. meeting Bilal, meeting Garrett. Yeah, Gary to Gary? Gary. Gary, sorry. Gary. The producer. Thank you so much, brother. Shout out to Gary real quick uh, <laughs> for this uh, beautiful Greatest space. Greatest producer out here. Um, but yeah, you know, so I'm kind of just, uh, I'm just waiting for the right time to get creative again. Right. Mm-hmm. And just meeting people. Also just trying to save up money so that we can uh, have more... Opportunities. Yeah, more opportunities and like come up with a really nice visual before the end of the year. Yeah, because we're independent still, you know, we you know we still got to handle some things too, like an RN for, for, for uh, our rights. Right. Uh, like BMI, ASCAP, things like that. So it's just all happening behind the curtain. Right. So what is the sound you're trying to go for? What are you trying to portray to your audience? That everyone has a voice. Everyone should be included. Like y- you are also are a star. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone like can come to the dance floor. Yeah, everyone's <laughs> on the same level. If you can dance or not. Yeah, seriously. Everyone is on the same level. Even though I'm on a stage like four feet higher, we're still on the same level. We're still human. Right. You know, we're here for one purpose. I mean, I say, one of the things I say is be the vessel. Another thing is free your heart. Right. And that's the that's thing. Uh, that's what I had to do, you know. Um, when I told my mom I wanted to make music, uh, she wasn't having it. I literally had to run. I literally had to move out. That's and fair. Yeah, it was. It was. And uh, how did that affect you, knowing that your parents might have not supported your dream in music? Oh, it was so hard, especially because my dad. Because I didn't see him for like ten years. Wow. Like a whole decade, fam. And I was eight, and then all the way till eighteen. And I told him what I wanted to do, and he was like, "What? Like." You should be an engineer. You should be a doctor. You know, and I was like, yeah, that that seems like that seems fair too, because he's like he grew up in a different you know different customs, and he 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 seen visions for me probably when I was younger. But um, you know, 
I personally, for me, it made me stronger. Okay. It, made, it made me write my music with way more passion um, and just stronger as a person too. Like right. to to because like other people's have their mom and dad in their life, you know. And yeah. other people don't was, don't have parents at all. So for me to have my mom, I'm blessed. You know. Right. <laughs> you feel mm. me? And she she she's supporting me now. So you know, I can't complain. If there's one major lesson you learned from your family life and values, what would that lesson have been? Um, always stay connected with family. Don't lose that connection. Because right. uh, family's all you got. Even if you're working or so busy and you don't have time, like always at least text them, call them, making sure they're okay. Right. That's the least you can do. Right. Uh, yeah. That's sometimes what it takes, though, when it comes to actually putting out a project that you're proud of or an event you're proud of. Like you said, your mom's eyes may have changed and her perspective may have changed now that you're able to put together and be part of the residency. Yeah. Exactly. You know, I did background vocals for Macklemore. Like, that's a huge deal and got paid. So I was like, that's a big deal. I told my mom about that and she was she was psyched. And she told me she told me at first she was like, oh, I don't know. I, I wasn't sure about coming because of because of music. But I was like, I knew I knew uh, I wanted to see you though, at least. So um, my right. conscience told me to be there. Right. So it's because because of religion and things like that. Right. So um, it was just it was a lot of emotion, a day of with a lot of emotion. And uh it was cool because we had a picture where we're like locking eyes and stuff, and I'm like way taller than her. <laughs> it's like so much growth right. and love, so it was cool. So we've been talking like behind the scenes a lot about platforms and what you can do with your platform. Can you tell the audience what your main goals are for your platform as you continue to grow? I want to promote awareness um, on ment mental health, climate justice, yes. things that we need to fix uh, and things we need to do together as human beings. Yep. Um, also promoting love, connecting people, because right. um, a lot of people are like anti-social. I noticed in, in Seattle, a lot, a lot of people are not, but you know, um, just inclusiveness. Right. Yeah, those are like my main things I like want to promote. You said when you first came to Seattle, you you, were, you felt welcomed, but then you also just pointed out that you feel people are disconnected. Yeah. So, do you see the term the Seattle freeze lately as you grow up? Do you see that term? Seattle Freeze? Tell yes. me more about that. Seattle Freeze is this thing where people find it hard to connect with people in general in, oh. when they move to Seattle because people are unwelcoming in a way. But you're saying that you felt welcomed. So how how has that changed or stayed the same since you've matured? Well, it wasn't like uh, right away I was like welcomed. It took a while, like some steps I had to. It took a couple, a, a couple like, like a year like doing open mics doing anything i can to to get myself out there and to promote my art also when i perform i perform 120 percent. people can see that right. you know what i'm saying yeah. and people people come up to me and being like damn i really love your music i really like how hard you're going so i realized passion beats everything like as long as you're passionate about your art right. like no, nothing can stop you it's true yeah or anything right just yeah do you feel that it's easy or hard to make connections as an independent artist in Seattle. I I, th I think it's pretty easy if you actually put yourself out there. Right. You know, like if you are passionate about this, like you said, it'll show through to other people, and they'll respect that. I mean, from from our experience, at least, Seattle has been really like welcoming. Right. And um, we have a lot of friends that make music that we didn't have a couple years ago. Right. Which uh, I think is an amazing thing to right. see these young people really pursuing a dream of creating art. Right. And, um, yeah, I, I think, like, in the, in the core group, there, there's a lot of love, but obviously there is some type of divide between, like, the different regions, like, north and, mm -hmm. and south. 
But um, what do you think it's going to take to break down that divide? Honestly, I think just like more so of the artists that that aren't like that, kind of getting some success. Okay. They'll see that they're better together. Together is better, you know. And yeah. There's there's artists too. Like I done uh I did a show at Chop Suey, and afterwards uh, this guy's like, oh, I just seen your show. Like it's like, man, how'd you do it? How'd you get how'd you get this opportunity to perform like here? And I was like, uh, but just staying connected with the residency, and that's a first step, you know, telling telling someone that like is a music lover and a music maker uh, about programs like that too, right. you know, so they can form a, a community too. Because uh, once you do the residency, you come in with with new artists around you too, and you connect that way, that like that. So it's like a fresh <coughs> fresh minds and right. fresh artists. So it's perfect. That's kind of how it was for me. But people kind of waken at different ages. What if they realize? Yeah, yeah, they're yeah, twenty one. And now music's actually what I'm passionate about. What what mm. do you recommend for people who can't be part of the residency? I literally tell them different things like there's different things to do that I'm at least from my knowledge, like like retro, you can be any age. Tell any us more race. about retro if people retro, don't know. Retro open mic is uh I think it's Black City Union who runs it. At yeah. uh yeah, at the yeah, UW at, Seattle. At the Ethnic Cultural Center. Right. Um, yeah. I think so on Brooklyn. Right, right outside of UW. Every right. first Monday of the month, it's only a dollar, um, and you sign up um, on their Facebook page. It's really easy. Tell them what you like, what you do. It could be anything. It can be comedy. It right. can be, mm-hmm. yeah. It could just be spoken anything. word, dance, Sp- all that. Yeah. How important do you think it is to be a person of color living in Seattle? Uh, very important, and it's also very important to be aware in what area yeah. you're in too. Right. Yeah, because it's different. <laughs> right. I could tell you. I could tell you that much too. Especially just driving around, driving around Mercer Island today, that was a uh, that was crazy. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there's a lot of opportunity in Seattle. That's something that that I always ne- will never take for granted. You know, like I'll, I always thank my parents for for getting the house on in Maple Leaf right. when they did when it was only like two hundred fifty thousand right. dollars. Now it's worth like one point five or something million. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Just because of the neighborhood, because right. they got a new light rail coming in. Wow. But oh yeah, yeah. Like they, there's a lot of opportunity. You know, there's some good schools here. There's really great businesses here, and there's, um, I mean, now there's an emergence of an artistic space too. Right. Which is brilliant. It's true because like even even in Minnesota, like there was, uh, there was no programs like the residency or open yeah. mics even right. too. Yeah. Um, and I talked about that uh, at this opportunity. Um, it was a fundraiser for the Vera Project. Uh, called the Viva Vera Gala, and I was speaking. I was speaking uh, upon that, and uh, it was dope. A lot of people were hearing me, and like, and heard that I was just like, super, super happy of being in the city. Um, even in Minnesota, yeah. Like, I would even ask my mom. I was like, "Is there any program?" When I was younger, is there any programs or any things I could do with with uh, with like drumming? And right. there was only school. It was only, only like school. school. Yeah. So yeah. Seattle just has so many outlets, and people just need to search search for it. Right. I'll say. Do you think artists that have been able to make a name for themselves in Seattle are helping out the community and other artists enough? Do you feel like mm, Malcolm Moore is doing everything that he can do to help out other Seattle artists, or do you not think it's promoted enough? Because personally, I only found out about the residency about a month ago. Yeah, and it's five, right? yeah, and it's five years of the, in the making now. Mm-hmm. So do you feel like these other artists are making enough of a commitment to help out Seattle and other artists? I think, like... In, in terms of like the residency and, and why I haven't heard of it, I think it's because a lot of like the their like funds comes from their their personal personal funds because um, and like the the few showcases, but 
Wait, no. I'm pretty sure the showcases are free, right? As far as uh, for the residency, like showcasing oh, yeah. new new artists. I, yeah, yeah. So it's. I mean, it seems like they accept donations and they have like a board mem- members that pretty much finance everything. Yeah. But um, like you'll you'll be seeing a lot more of them now after that fundraiser that they did at the Paramount. Oh, right. that was that was really for for just making their their ecosystem larger. Yeah. You know, so that they can have more resources to actually help the youth. Right. Yeah. Because the first year it was it was just starting, you know, and like yeah. uh, like as I, for anything, like if it's just starting, you know, they're trying to figure out themselves first. Right. And then and then expose themselves. So, what are your opinions on Tri- Tristan Thompson, right? And Little Mosey. Travis Thompson. Travis Tom- Travis, I call him Tristan Thompson. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Travis Thompson and Little Mosey. Do you think Ooh. they're still on their own journey and I, don't, I don't have the resources? I think you resor- can compare those two people. No, when it comes to coming back to Seattle and helping out the Seattle. Okay, area. then you definitely can compare them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you <laughs> think that they're still on a journey and aren't able to help other artists yet? Or well, I think that that you got to give them that little buffering period of just experiencing right. this this success. You know, like they can't just you know, like they just started. They're mm-hmm. I mean, Lil Mosey is what seventeen. Right. Travis is like twenty three, mm-hmm. and um, I think that. Like he he will be promoting more artists once like his his collective Ambom kind of gets more traction. Mm-hmm. Right. But I agree. But I mean, I really love the fact that Travis like he he'll, he'll actually like show up to shows. Right. You know, and he stays around t- around town like around um, Auburn. That's where he grew up. Mm-hmm. And but I mean, Lil Mosey, I think did a terrible Do job. You mean Ambom? Yeah, Ambom. Ambom. In or is it Burien or Auburn? I think it's. I forget, but I, I would like to add on to what he's saying about Travis Thompson. Like, I mean, him being part of the residency and him his, his success, you know, happening. That's good that he's being sur- like surrounding himself around the residency because then he's he has that you know in his head when he's when he's making music and growing. Right. Yeah. And uh, when when it's the right time for him, he probably you know will do something to give back to the youth because he's I know he's all about that too. Right. Personally, so I, that's pretty dope. So what were you saying about Little Mosey? Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, I don't think he did a good job of, of like, helping out anything in Seattle, really. Um, I mean, he, he, like, oftentimes, like, talks trash about Seattle music, and, like, he is fully unaware of what's going on right. in Seattle. And the good thing about him is that he made, like, a, a big hit and then moved down to L.A. and got signed to a major label. Right. Which is, I don't know, I don't think that's dope. Okay, I mean, that's true. Also, I hear from days. people that I hear from people that like he's kind of he's kind of rude, and, like arrogant. Yeah, so. cause like yeah, cause I have like this girl used to bring my hair. She went to Ingram High School and she seen Lil Mosey and wanted a picture, and he was like, nah, right, and like just wasn't opening up. And that's what we're about. We're o- we're about opening up and right. yeah, connecting. That's, that's and, the like, difference, you know, yeah, like, allowing so. allowing like yourself to be a part of the city and like allowing the the people to like know you. You know. Yeah, but that's like I mean, what have you yeah. learned from Travis Thompson, Little Mosey? Malcolm or even maybe Sir Mix a lot. What have you learned from those artists who have been able to make it big in Seattle? I've learned that every every time they release something or just like every yeah piece of work that comes out, it's always it's I can always see like their growth. I can always see mm-hmm. like the song. I can always see how like sh- strong they are and uh, how just how like better they're getting uh, after each release. Yeah. Right. Honestly, I can really hear are, like really innovative too. Like they they will always be trying to like do more. It seems like. Yeah, visually, just different things. Like uh, Travis Thompson came out uh, with the this freestyle, and it was like literally in an alley in downtown. And that I thought that was filthy. Right. Yeah, um, to to promote his new album. Yeah. And and his show, like, like little promotional tactics. I mean, yeah. from specifically Travis. Yeah. He, he's he's really good at, it, and he has a great team behind him. And that's another thing. 
like they all have um, a strong group of friends that were play different parts in the the whole process of putting out music and like being an artist yeah right and I know one of those people on his team somehow got his whole album cover a uh, whole mural painted uh, wow. in Capitol Hill wow. um, on the side of Numos. I thought that was so inspiring. Like, yeah, that's, that's so like, cool like, I'll, like one day I want that to happen for my music, right. you know, because that's just mm-hmm. like, that's massive. You're just walking by in the city and you see that. Yeah. It's like <laughs> huge. So there's probably, honestly, Seattle's huge. So there's honestly probably thousands of artists in Seattle. Yeah. But what yeah. do you think it takes for even one more artist to make it big in Seattle? What do you think's the disconnect? Because we've only had... Right now, Sir Mix a lot, Little Mosey, Malcolmore, Travis, and of course our legends like Nirvana. Yeah, uh, Pearl Jam. Or it was it was Pearl Jam from Seattle. They were yeah. totally yeah. So, yes. so what was your question? <laughs> what does it take for the next few artists to come out of Seattle? What is it? What do you? Why do you think it I was mean, stopping these thousands of artists for even just one of these artists to make it bigger? Yeah. Oh, it's like, a good question. I think uh, it's culture. Culture, yeah. Culture. We got to create our own culture here. This is Bilal, by the way. It's uh, Bilal Liggins from Who's Crowded. That's what we're all about at Who's Crowded. Mm. It's just stimulating the culture of music here in yeah. Seattle. You know, we, we do have the Pearl Jams. We do have Sir Mix-a-Lot, mm. um, Nirvana, you know, but and, and that is culture. But as far as the youngsters, um, the, the younger crowd, showing what we're all about and creating a voice for ourselves we've yet to do it and now's that time and it's happening now so that's what's going to change everything for sure for sure and also just a lot of i mean a lot of comes down to the the supporters like the people in the city like actually actively supporting these artists you know like like actually buying their merch like pulling up to their concerts and and like promoting them to help them because that's that's what lifts an independent artist is their fans Right. Yeah, and that's what that's what consists of music, you know, those those little things. It's not like how it used to be though, with vinyls and looking at the cover art for thirty minutes, and it's not like that anymore. Right. But um, at least in this era, though, there's still, there's still always still a way to support and right. make connections. What would you personally like to change about Seattle? Um, hmm, like in the music scene. Yes. Uh, people not using their phone so much. <laughs> yes and i'm only yeah. 21 so and I, i'm just a young young head but uh, with the old soul i might as well have a bot spot shout out dave bird <laughs> i think i see one in the i'm just kidding so, <laughs> 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 no because i just love when people look up and acknowledge you and your presence that's right. so important and yeah. and uh, it's not stressed enough so that's just one little thing i'll change maybe be a little less passive aggressive so yeah. yeah yes please for sure yes <laughs> yes i know it rains i know <laughs> like a, a more like diligent on the road like Actually, take take right. the turn when it's your turn. <laughs> so, when you're actually working on your music, what is your writing process? Um, there's a lot of different things I do. I mean, I uh, sometimes will will hear a beat that I really like and will just freestyle on it, and then uh, whatever body of like work I have on that uh, on this on the song, I will just like reconstruct it on my notebook, or I'll just start uh, writing from scratch. I mean, for texture, it was a lot of premeditation and like. Thinking of like how the fir- the first song and the last song, yeah, and, and like just like you're, you're also up. there a lot for the, the creation of the beats themselves with Elon Wright, yeah, great producer in Seattle, guitarist. Yeah, shout out to Elon Wright. He he helped he helped uh, a lot with Macklemore's journey on his first uh, big album, The Heist. Right, mm-hmm. and I thought that was really dope to work with him. The residency got me that that opportunity to work on the 
on that EP texture. Right. But as far as the the writing process, um, I always think about too like the instruments. Like I got a couple instrument instrumentalists on a couple songs. I uh, got saxophone player named uh, Brandon. I got uh, my guitarist uh, I met in college named Drew. Just incorporating everyone you can. Yeah, because it's, it's not just the writing that I think about. It's like everything else too right. that makes up a whole song. Exactly. Because song can cause you to feel th- something. It's right. The composition. It's the synergy. Yeah. So what do you want fans to know about you as a person that they might not get through your music or even live at a concert? Um, that they can, don't be scared. Like talk to me. Like yeah. I'm I'm a human. Um, and I just have a story that I want you to hear. It's really what it is. It's really what it comes down to. Right. And it's a, it's a long journey, but this journey is not done yet. So, sure. yeah. Mm. What is your advice for upcoming Seattle artists or influencers in general? Uh, don't, don't let the, don't let the fire die out, please. Yeah. True. Cause it all starts with a spark, but if you let that flame die out, then that's when you, that's when you lose. So just don't quit. Keep your head up. Um, keep writing, keep staying creative. Uh, yeah. For sure. Because I've been there. <laughs> now, what is the easiest way to contact you, Nestra, and you, Leighton? Follow Nestra on Instagram. And from there, we have our, our direct email. Yeah, posted. we do. Everything is Nestra Music. Yeah, th- that's for like any business inquiries, like bookings and for beats. Right. Gotcha. Any right. final words for Seattle? Uh, Ayo Seattle, I just want everyone to know that anyone could be the vessel and free your heart. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Blake. DJ Blake and Nestra and Layton and Blau. Yeah, yeah, who's crowded? Shout out. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Thank Download you. the app. Yes, sir. Ashe. DJ Blake.